0: authorities in California are changing the wording of the state's ballot measure meant to protect marriage. Will this make Proposition 8, the California Marriage Amendment, less likely to pass? And should open homosexuals serve in the military? Elaine Donnelly testified last week before Congress on this question. She'll join us today to talk about the issue. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev,
1: tear down this wall. It's one small step for man, one
0: giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon.
1: We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail.
0: Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. All the time I talk to our military leaders, beginning with our Joint Chiefs of Staff and and the leaders in the field, such as General Petraeus and General Odierno and others who are designated leaders with the responsibility of the safety of the men and women under their command and their security and protect them as best they can. Almost unanimously, they tell me that this present policy is working, that we have the best military in history, we have the bravest, most professional, best prepared, and that this policy ought to be continued because it's working.
2: It's working. What is working? It's the don't ask, don't tell policy regarding homosexuals serving in the military. John McCain says it's working. He says he's talked to a lot of other people in the military who say it's working. That was last November uh, at the YouTube GOP candidate debate. Remember when sort of a ringer... A gay retired general asked John McCain about allowing gays to serve openly in the armed forces. John McCain said, don't ask, don't tell, is working. But there are a lot of people who don't think so, and we're going to talk about that later in the program. Uh, But first, uh, the Human Rights Campaign, which is the largest homosexual rights organization in the country, has produced this video opposing John McCain for his record and really his stance on gay and lesbian issues, including... Don't ask, don't tell. Here's part of it.
3: Think you know Senator John McCain? He likes to come off as a moderate. But his record on gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender issues promises that a President McCain will mean four more years of anti-gay policy in the White House. How about something as simple as a law that says you can't be fired from your job just because of who you are? In 1996, McCain didn't just vote against it. He was a deciding vote. How about making sure GLBT Americans are covered under federal hate crime laws? Senator McCain said no. Three times.
1: Mr. McCain, no.
0: Mr. McCain, no. Mr. McCain, no.
3: Surely, Senator McCain would want to allow every capable man and woman to serve our country in the military. But he supports the don't ask, don't tell policy that's fired 12,000 qualified servicemen and women.
2: Did you know that Don't Ask, Don't Tell is not the law of the land regarding homosexuals serving in the military? Most people think it is, but actually, ladies and gentlemen, the law states that homosexuality is incompatible with military service. Don't Ask, Don't Tell is simply a policy that is in effect right now. It began during the Clinton administration, and it's a policy that lots of people on both sides of the aisle want to change So the question that we're going to be addressing later in the program is should homosexuals serve openly in the military or not? Uh, Later in the program, uh, a person who testified before a congressional committee last week on this subject, Elaine Donnelly, she's president of the Center for Military Readiness, will join us uh, to talk about this. We'll also be taking your calls, because we want your opinion on homosexuals serving in the military. That's a little bit later in the program. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I'm Penna Dexter, sitting in for Dr. Johnson tonight. And uh, we want to get on to another issue, uh, because I just kind of want to comment on what's going on in the state of California. Yesterday's earthquake really rattled some windows there and some chandeliers. It made some of those buildings sway. By the way, I uh, of course, I grew up in California, and when I first started working, I worked in the tallest building in L.A. The, uh, it was then the first interstate bank building, and it's 60 stories high, and it actually swayed, uh, and it does sway in earthquakes, 12 feet at the top. So, uh, you know, I stood up there once on a windy day, and you could actually feel it moving. But uh, buildings are built in California so that they can withstand earthquakes, and that's why there wasn't much damage uh, from the uh, pretty strong earthquake that took place yesterday. But, you know, there's a moral earthquake that's being created in California in the institution of marriage. And, uh, you know, we talk about aftershocks, and this could create and will create aftershocks nationwide if uh, this policy of same-sex marriage is allowed to stand in California. And, you know, some people say that as California goes, so goes the nation. It's going to be true uh, if same-sex marriages continue in that state. But let's talk a little bit about what else is in the news recently in that state, just for fun. Uh, First of all, as we've discussed on this program, uh, they are uh, blocking or banning trans fats in the state. Uh, Even restaurants and even uh, outlets that sell foods that might have trans fats in them are going to be banned from doing so. Also, in the news today, they're blocking fast food outlets from poor areas, saying that there are too many obese people there and they need to allow for healthier restaurants in those areas. San Francisco is poised to become the first city in the nation to ban the sales of tobacco products at pharmacies. So they really are kind of getting into the lives of people out there. Uh, Also, uh, though, uh, the San Francisco left is looking to repeal the law banning the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, as we're going to discuss later. Two San Francisco congresswomen are the lead sponsors of this bill to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. They want full, open uh, service of homosexuals in the military. And uh, then, of course, the fires uh, that have been taking place in the state are in the news. And then the earthquake and its aftershocks, those are all in the news. But there's something else that you may not have heard mentioned in the mainstream uh, media, and that is this week the uh, Attorney General and the Secretary of State in California have actually released language uh, on the ballot describing Proposition 8. Proposition 8 is the California Marriage Amendment, uh, which has been put on the ballot because of all the signatures of all the people in the state who want to retain marriage between one man and one woman in California. And guess what? They basically gamed the system. Uh, This is how the ballot originally described Proposition uh, 8, a measure to limit marriage to between a man and a woman. That's the way the ballot measure read. This is the ballot measure that was signed by hundreds of thousands of Californians to get it on the ballot, way more than was needed to get this on the ballot in November. Uh, But now the ballot measure is going to be described a little differently because of Attorney General Jerry Brown and also the Secretary of State, they have uh, described it as eliminating the right of same-sex couples to marriage. You see the difference? Uh, We've got a negative now, a proposal against something, especially framed as taking away somebody's rights in which homosexuals are marrying in California because of a court decision. This makes the ballot measure far less appealing to voters than a proposal for something. Uh, The revised language also says that California could lose several tens of millions of dollars in sales taxes if same-sex marriage were banned. So this is really an argument straight from the talking points of uh, the prop, uh, Prop 8 opponents, and it's really a way to sort of handicap the ballot Uh, measure that's going to be voted on in November and to game uh, the system. And I'm looking at one report. There's actually an L.A. Times story on this. uh, But the story says that the opponents of gay marriage say they're going to sue Over the changed wording in Prop 8, they're going to sue the state to get the ballot measure back to the way it originally was supposed to be. It says supporters of Proposition 8, the proposed state constitutional amendment that would ban gay marriage, said they would file suit, and this was uh, yesterday, to block a change made by California Attorney General Jerry Brown to the language of the uh, measure's ballot title and summary. And this was a move that was, I guess it was made public last week, but I didn't hear about it until uh, earlier this week. And, of course, the same-sex marriage proponents were very happy about the language change, so that tells you something about it. Uh, Why was it changed? Well, perhaps it's because uh, Attorney General Jerry Brown, who used to be governor once, may want to run for governor again. Well, Barack Obama, of course, has weighed in on this whole ballot measure, and we might as well uh, get it out here right now. Of course, Barack Obama, we're wondering whether uh, he thinks he's already president already. Even The Washington Post is uh, calling him, tongue-in-cheek, President Obama, continuing his hectic victory tour. That's from Dana Milbank, one of the writers for the Washington Post. Uh, even though Obama's the uh, presumptive nominee, he's now becoming its presumptuous nominee, says Dana Milbank. Here's Barack Obama on the initiative in California regarding same-sex marriage.
1: I'm a strong supporter of civil unions. I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, but I also think that Same-sex partners should be able to visit each other in hospitals. They should be able to transfer property.
0: Does it bother you what California's doing?
1: No.
2: So that tells you where Barack Obama stands on this issue. But, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted you to be very aware uh, that the sabotage effort... For Proposition 8, the marriage amendment in California is well underway. And, of course, uh, those who support marriage between one man and one woman are fighting back. So that will be a battle that we ought to be watching and we actually ought to be praying for, uh, even here in Texas. Because, as we know, uh, if these marriages continue, and even the marriages that have already begun, there will be an effort to go across the nation to the various states and uh, get the marriage laws challenged and even changed and it's going to be a battle that uh, we ought to be involved in because the institution of marriage between one man and one woman is so important well let's go back to barack obama and talk a little bit about uh, president obama and his victory tour because here are some of the things that uh, dana melbank in the washington post has described and of course Milbank uh, is pretty much a liberal on most things but he's a little bit concerned about this presidential-style world tour that took place last week that we s- discussed uh at length here on this program. And of course, uh, then, uh, this week, he's come back to do what Milbank calls some presidential-style business in Washington. He says yesterday, he ordered up a teleconference with uh, the current president's treasury secretary. He did talk with him. He also uh, granted an audience to the Pakistani prime minister And uh, he had his staff arrange for the chairman of the Federal Reserve to give him a briefing. He does sound sort of like a president in what he's doing. Then he went up to Capitol Hill, uh, and Milbank says this was to be adored by House Democrats in a presidential-style pep rally. And, of course, they're shutting down traffic for him as he is uh, zooming down the streets of Washington, D.C. in sort of a long presidential-style motorcade while the public and most of the press are kept in the dark about his activities. And uh, he then went to a fundraiser, and uh, of course his, his uh, whole route and schedule is published in the Washington Post here. But one uh, witness who was at the uh, convocation of the House members with Barack Obama basically uh, quoted him, and this is what Obama said during that meeting when he was speaking to House members. He said, this is the moment that the world is waiting for. I have become a symbol of the possibility of America returning to our best traditions. It's just amazing to hear the rhetoric of Barack Obama sounding a lot like he is uh, still president. Even some members of the media, like Dana Milbank of The Washington Post, a little bit uncomfortable with the fact uh, that uh, he is acting so presidential when he is still only the presumptive nominee. His arrogance, says Milbank, has begun to anger reporters. In the latest issue of The New Republic, uh, one author said that reporters are complaining that Obama's campaign is acting like the prom queen. Obama said, I think this can be an incredible election. I look forward to collaborating with everybody here, that's the members of Congress, to win the election. Win the election, says Dana Milbank. Didn't he do that already? Some people are wondering. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, next up, uh, we talked about the earthquakes California, and there are some moral earthquakes also. Two Democrats in Congress are on a mission to change the laws regarding homosexuals serving in the military. Susan Davis and Ellen Tosher laying the groundwork for full open practicing homosexuals to serve in the military. What's the problem with this? Well, Elaine Donnelly will join us to talk about it. Stay with us for more of Jerry Johnson Live.
3: I've got a full-time job and a family, and I'm also getting a master's degree at Criswell College. The new Mac at Night program offers evening block courses for a Master of Arts in Counseling degree. It's so convenient and fits my busy lifestyle as a mom and a professional. Mac at Night offers licensure and non-licensure programs so you can gain ministry knowledge and even prepare for a doctorate. Mac at Night professors are at the top of the Christian counseling field. And Criswell College is partnered with a number of ministries, so you'll get experience and great contacts. My friends and family are so excited to see me back in school with the Mac at Night program at Criswell College. A Master of Arts in Counseling has never been so convenient. Come on, join me for Mac at Night. For more details, call 800-899-0012 or visit chriswell.edu.
0: Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to
1: Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. This is not something that I'm looking to shove down the military's throats. I want to make sure that uh, we are doing it in a thoughtful way. and and principled way, Uh, but I do believe that uh, at a time when we are short-handed, that everybody who is willing to lay down their lives on behalf of the United States and can do so effectively, can perform critical functions, should have the opportunity to do so.
2: That is uh, President, I mean uh, Presidential Candidate, Barack Obama. He says that he favors letting the estimated 65,000 homosexual members, well how do we really know, but 65,000 is the uh, number out there, members of the military serve openly rather than keep their sexual orientation a secret as they are required to do under the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. Uh, And of course, he's making these comments because there was a hearing last week with regard to Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Now, here's Michelle Obama, and she was speaking uh, recently, a few weeks ago, to the Democrat National Committee, their gay and lesbian leadership committee, uh, saying that the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community has only one clear choice in this election.
4: And then there's Barack Obama, the other guy. Barack believes that we must fight for the world as it should be, a world where together we work to reverse discriminatory laws like DOMA and don't ask, don't tell.
2: Today we're going to talk about don't ask, don't tell. It's not even really a law in this country, but it is the policy, and there are folks that don't like it on both sides of the aisle. There was a, uh, a hearing in Congress, in a committee last week with regard to the advisability of homosexuals serving openly in the military. And our next guest was there. She testified. We're going to hear that story. She's Elaine Donnelly. She's president of the Center for Military Readiness. And uh, she also, uh, she's served for many years in this uh, position. And she's really out there to make things better for members of the military, although you wouldn't know it. Uh, listening to some of her detractors, but she served in the 90s on the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services and also on a presidential commission that examined the role of women in the armed service, and she has worked for many, many years to implement policies that make life easier, as I said, on military families and also to really resist the social engineering that a lot of liberals want to do in the military. Elaine, thank you so much for joining me. Oh,
4: it's nice to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Last week, uh, you testified before uh, a subcommittee of the Armed Services Committee in the House of Representatives. Yes. And uh, before we get to sort of explain and lay out the issue, I've got to say that there have been a lot of people commenting on the way you were treated Yes. Uh, when you did this. Now, some people say that you were a little tough, and I know that you are. Uh, you definitely don't mince any words when you're talking about issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they treated you badly, didn't they?
4: They did. My, my statement was very straightforward. I told the staff ahead of time that my reason for being there was to talk about the consequences of repealing the law. Uh, the other side wanted to talk hearts and flowers. They blew kisses at the other uh, witnesses. Uh, it was all kind of, you know, fluff and um not really substantive because we are talking about a law here a law that was passed with overwhelming bipartisan majorities in 1993 it's been upheld as constitutional several times it is there to defend good order discipline in the military and if it is repealed then we're going to have a, an entirely different situation we do have this problematic don't ask don't tell policy that was put in place by Bill Clinton he he signed the law which says homosexuals are not eligible to be in the armed forces. And then he turned around and issued enforcement regulations that say homosexuals can be in the, mil- in the uh, military as long as they don't say that they are homosexual. Now, that's a totally different concept. It's what he originally proposed, but Congress rejected that concept. Instead, they codified or confirmed regulations in place before Bill Clinton ever took office. But the conflict, the confusion, the disparity between the law and Don't Ask, Don't Tell created the situations that we heard from other witnesses at the hearing, all the hearts and flowers and problems and, gee, I wanted to tell I was homosexual and I couldn't because of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Well, the problem is we should have gotten rid of Don't Ask, Don't Tell a long time ago and enforced the law. Because if people were asked the question again, are you homosexual, it used to be on the induction forms, maybe a lot of these problems would have been somewhat reduced. But we have this confusion. So I was there to try to provide some clarity and talk about the new policy, and it would go something like this. It would be a policy of 24-7 forced cohabitation, heterosexuals and homosexuals in all branches of the service, all communities, Uh, We're talking about infantry, marine infantry, special operations forces, submarines, Navy SEALs. Uh, We're talking about very closely bonded units that have very little privacy in private areas. But it would be more than that. You see, anybody who would disagree would put themselves outside of the, the limits put in place by a concept known as zero tolerance. You see, if you take the issue of gays in the military to its logical conclusion as a civil rights issue. That means that anyone who disagrees will be suspected if not confirmed to be uh, bigoted or mm-hmm. homophobic or in some ways unacceptable for further military
2: service. Well, that's what always happens when uh, you advance the homosexual agenda. You give homosexuals more rights than those mm-hmm. who oppose homosexuality are penalized for saying so. And, in fact, it gets to the point where they can't say so. Elaine, well, I want to get back to kind of what's happening here because I noticed that there are two Democrat uh, female members of Congress from california we've been talking a lot about California today, and they uh, definitely want to not right now vote on don't Ask, don 't Tell or vote on uh, homosexuals in the military. They want to lay the groundwork for uh, changing the law that you just described to a situation where homosexuals would serve openly yeah. in the military. Uh, and they expect to be able to do that under a President Obama. So let's just go to Barack Obama and hear what he has to say about this.
1: I think General Kashvili's assessment uh, is right that uh, people's attitudes have evolved. You've got uh, our British counterparts and our Israeli counterparts uh, without this policy, and nobody would suggest that they have had problems uh, on the ground.
2: Now, even Hillary Clinton, Elaine, has said uh, that Don't Ask, Don't Tell was a transition policy under her husband, and perhaps now it's time to change it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she even sees problems with it. So that's really what this is about, isn't It's getting ready for a President Obama. uh,
4: Allow me to uh, comment on what Mr. Obama said. In Israel, homosexuals do not serve as, well, they they are known to be homosexuals, but they are not in intimate circumstances as we have in our military. It's a very small country, as you know, and they are are not considered um, the kind of security risks that take, uh, well, more prominent positions in the armed forces. Uh, this is well documented in the law journal article that i wrote last year if you read the israeli press you find out that what is being contemplated for our military is well beyond what we see in the israeli military As for the brits they they uh, succumbed to a court order from europe telling them to put homosexuals in the military Now you can tell right there their culture is very different but the british went along with that some years ago yes there have been some problems they do still have recruiting and retention issues Uh, obviously the war is part of that, but having homosexuals in the military and allowing them to march in the gay pride parades in London certainly has not solved that problem. They have housing, that is, family housing for same-sex couples. Uh, No wonder they say it's a wonderful experiment. But that's a different culture than ours is. And we certainly know that since we have sexual issues in our military today, uh, male-female issues, if we want to increase the incidence of those problems, all we have to do is add on top of that male-male issues and female-female issues. Now, there's no way that you can convince me, certainly people in the military, uh, that they support the idea of having a a policy of forced cohabitation 24-7 with homosexuals in the military. Uh, The only polls, and they're very hard to find, of military people show strong opposition, uh, military times in particular, three years in a row, 57 to 59% opposed. But the civilian world, when asked, do you think that people should be allowed or should they be open or not open about it, you always get very high percentages because the, the question is framed in terms of, well, do you like homosexuals? Well, fine, 100%. That That figure would not surprise me. But we're talking about the armed forces, and the culture in the military is quite different.
2: Well, the purpose of the military, uh, contrary to what some people think, it's not to provide jobs and it's not to give civil rights to people. Uh-huh. It's to protect our country and to do it in you know, the best way possible, the most secure way possible. And so you know, I think our laws up until the 90s when we started this whole don't ask, don't tell policy, Did that, and, you know, they they took into consideration that a homosexual could actually be sort of a risk Mm -hmm. because of their behavior, but now people accept homosexuality so much, I just wonder if there's not something to what Barack Obama says that public opinion has changed.
4: I I think opinions have changed in the civilian world. Certainly in popular culture, they have changed but the military is not a will-and-grace world. That's the uh, yeah. the Hollywood uh, sitcom that's always thrown up as, a, as almost like a role model for our military. I don't think so. We have to take it more seriously than that. Uh, we're talking about a policy that has to do with sexuality. Uh, if the law is repealed, we are saying that in intimate quarters with little or no privacy, forced intimacy, if you will, persons, male or female, should have to expose themselves to persons, who might be sexually attracted to them. It's very clear that that's tantamount to saying that men should have access to the private areas of women, and we have officials trying to pretend that that would not cause problems.
2: Well, of course it They've would. They've got their heads in the sand. Elaine Donnelly is with me. We will take your calls in the next segment. The number is 800-881-9270. We'd love to hear from you your questions for Elaine Donnelly, your comments, and if you are serving in the military or have served... We would love to hear from you more with Elaine Donnelly right after this. Stay tuned for the rest of Jerry Johnson Live.
0: Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's Penna Dexter.
3: We are also going to work to end the failed policy of don't ask, don't tell.
2: Hillary Clinton speaking to the Human Rights Campaign, which, as we said earlier in the program, is the largest homosexual advocacy group in the country, and uh, she wants Don't Ask, Don't Tell to End, even though it started under her husband as president. It was instituted 15 years ago. At that time, Elaine Donnelly, president of the Center for Military Readiness, is with us. Elaine testified at a hearing in the uh, the House Armed Services Committee last week, and even though there were five witnesses testifying, a news report says. Um, Three of them favored the repeal of the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. Donnelly being one of them, she got the most attention because her statements infuriated all but a few of the members that were present. That just shows who was present. Uh, But uh, she was really assailed and attacked. And you would think Elaine Donnelly was just some uh, scary person. She's actually... A very elegant, willowy lady, uh, Dana Milbank, who we mentioned before in the Washington Post, attacked her attire, said she wore wore a severe black jacket and a flag pin, uh, I heard you had some pearls on, though, Elaine.
4: Uh, yes, and it was navy blue and mm. hot pink with with the uh, the little uh, shell underneath. I, I I don't understand this fashion statement.
2: Well, you always look lovely, <laughs> and uh, you are a perfect spokesperson for the issues that you've been taking on for so many years, Elaine. But I think it's time that we made some common sense about homosexuals serving in close quarters with uh, you know, our masculine members of the military and also the the lesbians serving with the women, and then there's the issue of transgender because whenever you talk about homosexuality, you now have to talk about people who are even confused about their gender.
4: Well, that's right, and thank you for reminding me. In Britain, uh, they have gone all the way in favor of the what I call the LGBT left. Uh, they uh, certainly now accept lesbians and homosexuals. Now they are looking at. Uh, transgenders as the logical progression this is what happens when you look at this issue as a as, as if it is part of the proud tradition of civil rights that was the point of that hearing the idea being that if you disagreed you were not only guilty of homophobia and uh, bigotry but also racism uh, that I found the most out outrageous and out, uh, you know, just astonishing implication leveled at me uh just because i was there to speak in favor of the law and yes don't ask don't tell was put in place 15 years ago by bill clinton even though congress had rejected it but the most important thing that happened in 1993 was the passage of the statute section 654 title 10 we call it the military personnel eligibility act of 1993 it's all about eligibility lots of people are not eligible to be in the armed forces they can serve their country in some other way But certainly not everybody has access to the military. It's just not a civil right. But if you do decide that it is, and if you apply zero tolerance to anybody who disagrees, then people in the military will not only face what I faced, uh, they would be denied promotions, they would be eventually eased out of the armed forces. Uh, Within time, people would avoid the military, and that could pretty well destroy our volunteer force. Mm. Uh, But we need a national defense. So in order to do that, we'd have to reinstate the draft or whatever. I never thought that that would happen. I've said for years that's just not going to happen. But if you destroy the volunteer force, what other option do we have? You see how important this is. And and remember, too, that whatever the military does in the way of social change always carries over to the civilian world. Uh, With regard to racial minorities, this was a positive thing in our history. But if you take this agenda and you say now, uh, homosexuals are going to be given special rights. Well, how would any civilian institution, the school system, right. the marriage bureaus, even the churches, how could they say otherwise? Because the comment would be made. Well, if this is okay for the Marine Corps, why is it not okay for you?
2: And certainly, and you that's see the point. How radical this is! It's very radical, and everybody's calling in to talk to you, Elaine. The number is eight hundred eight eight one nine two seven zero. If the lines are busy, uh, just try again in a moment. But let's go now to David and Kaufman. David, you're on with Elaine Donnelly.
0: Hey, I served during Vietnam and I'd be glad to go serve again.
2: Bless and your heart. Please,
0: please pray for America because if we don't change God may do like he did Israel a long time ago.
2: Okay. Um David, can you just tell us uh what Back then, when you were serving, how would it have been if people were serving openly as homosexuals? I mean, how would you have responded to that?
0: I couldn't have accepted it. Okay?
2: Okay. Great. Thank you for calling. We so appreciate your calling in and your service to the country. Let's go to Aaron in Dallas. Aaron, you're on with Elaine Donnelly.
0: Hi. I uh, retired from the Air Force uh, a few years ago. Um, As a black American, I'm just appalled that uh, Obama also would allow the homosexual issue to be considered as a racial issue. Mm-hmm. They're two totally separate things, and as black Americans progress and becomes more accessible to America, uh, the, the homosexuals have also jumped on the same train and rode that train. Mm-hmm. But again, they're two totally separate things. Well, thank uh, you, Aaron. And I also think shawing, uh being in quarters, close quarters, with homosexual, that is not going to work. Uh, For the Marines, (laughs) those kind of services where you have, uh, as you said, the uh, masculine uh, males, uh, I think you will probably find there will be a lot more friendly fire
2: accidents. Erin, thanks for your call. Elaine, is that a homophobic statement?
4: No, I don't think so. I think it's common sense. I was there to talk about common sense. You don't mix men and women together in private areas and use racial integration as an excuse to do it. Uh, I mean, the, the logic that I heard, illogic that I heard from the members of a congressional committee, uh, the committee responsible for personnel policy in our armed forces, it was appalling. It was juvenile. Some of the silly questions that they put to me, one of them was, Mrs. Downey, when did you find out that you were heterosexual? Um, another one implying that to say that uh, there would be disciplinary issues was an insult to the professionalism of people in the military. Uh, this from a judge, advocate general, a lawyer in the military, who knows that we have sexual misconduct issues. It's because people are human. They, they make mistakes. If we want to increase the number of those types of mistakes, just say, all right, now we're going to have male-male issues and female-female issues, as well as the, as the ones we already have. How does that benefit our military? Nobody explained that.
2: Next up is Jeff in Southlake. Jeff, you are on with Elaine Donnelly, president of Center for Military Readiness.
1: Hello, Elaine. Hi. I'm. I'm curious. How, if if uh, homosexuality is not right by God, then how can you suddenly make it right by implanting it in the military and other places, of course? Th- doesn't it seem obvious that if somebody is going to say "Don't ask, don't tell," doesn't that imply a moral judgment and and an, and? An, uh, uh, <laughs>
4: Are you referring to the law? A a confession that is not right.
1: I'm sorry. I don't understand your question. Um, My my question is: If somebody's going to say "Don't ask, don't tell," isn't that an admission that
2: homosexuality is not right? It is sort of an implicit admission. Okay, Okay.
4: now I understand what you mean. Yes, along with that. Yeah, the, the law itself is secular. It is not stated in religious terms. Uh, you can oppose homosexuals in the military, as Brian Jones, who was there to testify with me, when he was asked whether he thought it was a moral issue, he said, Well, for me, it's a matter of unit cohesion and bonding in small units like the Special Operations Forces in which he served. Um, and they, the members of the committee, again, they didn't get that. But the, the uh, issue of don't ask, don't tell, where you, you say that you can be in the military as long as you don't say that you're homosexual, this is as silly as a state law saying that a bartender who has customers who might be underage, he cannot ask them for proof. He cannot ask to see proof of age. And yet, if that underage drinker goes out and kills somebody, he, the bartender, is responsible. Uh, That doesn't make sense. That's not good policy. If we have a law, then certainly the military ought to be able to reinstate that question along with all the other questions about eligibility. Do you have a heart condition? Is there something in your background that makes you unsuitable for military service? This is an objective way to look at it, but Don't Ask, Don't Tell was put in there for political reasons. Bill Clinton put it there, and nobody who understands the military supports it.
2: It's interesting, because we played a cut uh, before you joined us, Elaine, from John McCain, who is yes. s- saying that uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell is working. He's talked to all these people in the military and says that it's uh, working. Mm-hmm. So wh- how do you respond to comments like that? Because John McCain, you know, he he's definitely knows what's going on in the military. Yes.
4: Recently, we did have discussions with the campaign people of the McCain campaign, and they assured us after we went through this entire explanation that, and I did receive in writing a letter, Senator McCain does support the law, the one that he voted for, Section 654, Title 10. Uh, when he says, don't ask, don't tell, and I'm hoping in the future he'll, he will clarify this, he actually meant to refer to the law. But you see how everybody always confuses the two, and it's a lot to expect when you're in a debate and you've got uh, 10 seconds to answer something. Obviously, you don't have time to explain the difference, but uh, we know that he supports that law. We believe he will oppose any effort to repeal it, um, and I, I'm very reassured to know that.
2: Yeah. John McCain needs counselors like you because sometimes he does have trouble expressing his opinions on some of these things that are important to conservatives. Elaine Donnelly is with me. Elaine, we've got folks calling in. Can you stick with us for another sure. segment? The number is 800 Next in the queue is John and Azel. And John, uh, we will take your call right after this break. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about something very important to the culture. And it's the don't ask, don't tell policy uh, that most people think is the law of the land the law of the land ladies and gentlemen is a very good law it says that homosexuality is incompatible with military service it's not because we're homophobic it's because we're concerned about national security and we're concerned about the strength of our military we'll discuss it more and take your calls Elaine Donnelly is my guest stay with us
3: is proud to present the new Mac program. It's a Master of Arts in Counseling degree obtained by attending evening block classes. There are licensure and non-licensure options depending on your career goals. Mac features some of the best professors in the field of Christian counseling, and all courses are biblically based. Expand your ministry or prepare for a doctorate. Criswell College makes it simple and convenient. All Mac Night courses are scheduled with the working professional in mind. If you've got a full-time job, a busy lifestyle, or even raising a family, you're perfect for Mac at Night. Get your Master of Arts in Counseling at Criswell College with Mac at Night. Call 800-899-0012 or go to criswell.edu. That's 800-899-0012 or criswell.edu.
0: Invest in God's work and yourself through this convenient program through the Criswell College. It's Mac at Night. See criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live, now here's Penna Dexter.
1: There are some folks who, coming out of the church, uh, have elevated one line in Romans uh, above the Sermon in the Mount.
2: One line in Romans. Here's what it says in Romans 1. It talks about the folks that are discussing these things that uh, actually we're discussing right now, participating in homosexual behavior. And it says, uh, professing to be wise, they became... Fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image talking about idol worship here. Also it says God gave them up to uncleanness and uh, also he uh, gave them up to this uncleanness which in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than creator for this reason we're still in Romans one this is way more than one line. Uh, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature, likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful. This is the epistle of Paul to the Romans, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a debased mind how about that to do those things which are not fitting and it goes on and uh, I'd say there's about 8 verses here that uh, pretty much come down on homosexuality and these practices, which now some people are trying to enshrine into our laws. Elaine Donnelly is with me. She's president of the Center for Military Readiness. And Elaine, we don't have to have a religious discussion on it, but Bar- Barack Obama has brought religion into it. Yes. Uh, go I ahead.
4: I think a kind of a lame uh, an analogy there. It's, uh, the, it's a reflection of the liberation philosophy that apparently he learned at the, the feet of uh, Reverend Jeremiah Wright, Uh, I'm not prepared to quote the Bible. My religious faith is very important to me, but it's not something that really um, defines the argument that I make uh, in defense of sound policy and high standards in the armed forces, common sense and personnel policies. Uh, And I have a deep respect, though, for people who do have religious values. Uh, Certainly what happened to General Peter Pace last year when he spoke about this issue in terms of morality, uh, he talked about homosexuality. He talked about opposition to adultery also as a moral issue. When was the last time you saw a public figure do that? It was quite remarkable, and, of course, he was punished for that. His um, uh, opportunity to be chairman of the Joint Chiefs for another two years was pretty much scuttled. Uh, he, he did not pursue the the uh, second confirmation uh, that spared Hillary Clinton and others on the House Armed, the Senate Armed Services Committee, the um, the duty to to vote on his nomination. Mm-hmm. But
2: it, it really you don't isn't hear much because, about Peter Pace anymore, do you? Yes.
4: Well, you see, the treatment that he got though was not a fluke. It was a template, and it was carried over in the treatment that I got during this congressional hearing. My concern is that if that law is repealed. And there is absolutely no barrier against professed open homosexuality in the military. And don't forget the training that would go with it. You have to change the attitudes toward it in order to make it work. The military doesn't do things halfway. Diversity training would be part of the agenda. Um, If we start doing that, then the military really, really is being used for something uh, other than what it really is designed for, and that is to defend the country.
2: Let's go back to the phones. John is in Azel, Texas. John, you are on with Elaine.
4: I right, just have a couple of comments, Ben, and then I'll hang up. The weather's getting a little
0: rough over here. Uh, oh, dear. One, I, I believe that uh, Israel, if I'm not mistaken, and, and Ms. Donnelly may be able to clear this up, is that Israel requires everyone to serve in their military, except in special circumstances. That's right. And two, aren't we, like, setting ourselves up for extended hate crimes? I mean in the military doesn't that make things worse for everybody instead of better?
4: Well, in Britain, um a man who was involved with equal opportunity training was uh removed from his job, suspended because he said to a lesbian that he did not think that lesbians should be in the military in Britain. So, uh how far that would go that concept of zero tolerance? I think it would go pretty far. Um Excuse me, the military does not tolerate those types of attitudes with regard to race and other minorities. They don't, and for good reasons. But if you say that the acceptance of homosexuals in the military should be elevated to the same level, then almost anything goes. We're going to lose a lot of good people. Uh, the opposition has even admitted this. Although they have tried to skew polls and put out phony numbers, um, I wrote an article recently about the Washington Post poll and a study that was done by the Palm Center in California. Um, these four military people put out some phony numbers saying, well, yes, we would lose some, but we would gain um, an equal number of gays and lesbians. Turns out when I looked at their data, they had used the figure 2%. It was actually 10%, five times as many. So we're, we are going to lose an awful lot of good people or people who will not join. It could pretty well destroy the volunteer force if this law is repealed.
2: Elaine, you've mentioned a few articles that you've written. Can these be obtained on your website?
4: Yes, by all means, www.cmrlink.org. Lots of things are in there. In the center section, you can see recent articles. Uh, There's a box that says problems with homosexuals in the military. You can find my testimony there. Uh, There are issues um, that are uh, analyzed, the Zogby poll that I just mentioned. Uh, All of these various issue uh, bases, they're all there for people to consider. We had hoped that in my testimony, the statement which which was uh, rather lengthy, and I gave a short version before the committee, I had hoped that the members would pay attention. But you know what? The Republicans did not show up. People should go to the website, House Armed Services Committee, look up the members of that committee, see if your member is there. If your member was not there, you need to find out why. Why did they allow the Democrats to pretty much have free reign to divert any intelligent discussion of the issues? They acted in a sophomoric way instead. That's disturbing. Got a lot of attention in the liberal media.
2: Let's go to Tommy and McKinney. Tommy, thanks for calling in.
4: Hi. Hi, Tommy. Uh- I, I am I am a heterosexual, uh, married to a
0: beautiful woman. I fully agree that uh, the Bible teaches that homosexuality is wrong and that homosexuality is amoral. Um, all of my homosexual friends and family members understand my viewpoints, but they also understand that I love them very much. Yes. Uh, that being said, though, I'm hearing some things that are kind of concerning me about I guess what the assumptions are that that, that we're working. Just on give here. us
2: one of them because we're coming up on the end of the program very quickly.
0: Okay. Um, well, the, it sounds like y'all are either assuming that homosexual men can't control their urges, or that our military men do not have the discipline to. Okay. Control hate okay. Crimes.
2: Let me cut you off. Yes, Let so Elaine very comment very quickly. Point.
4: Let me address that. I do not buy into the notion that homosexuals are any more perfect than any other group of people. It is ludicrous to suggest that. As I said before, we know people are human, they are not machines, they make mistakes, they have emotions, they have sexual drives, they have concerns about privacy, they have a desire for modesty in sexual matters. When you pretend that people are uh, not human, that they're like machines, that you can teach them to act like machines, that's when you run into serious, serious problems. This is common sense. Again, this is not in any way insulting to anybody. It's a commentary on the human condition.
2: Elaine Donnelly, Center for Military Readiness. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for the work that you're doing.
4: Thank you. Again, the website, www.cmrlink.org.
2: And we'll see you tomorrow.
0: You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian Worldview radio show